Let's get it started. Ha, let's get it started. Here we're back, folks. It is the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City and in the Mitten State, if you can believe that. I'm your host. I'm Nick Bradley. I appreciate you being here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. If you're listening the day this comes out, Friday, it's the fucking weekend. Michigan, East Coast, West Coast, North, South, don't matter. Hopefully the sun's shining. Crisp, crisp feeling in the air. Hopefully you've got something planned this weekend, something that makes you smile, makes your heart sing. Um, who doesn't love Friday? Really? I mean, that's all you got to say. Who doesn't love Friday? We made it. I've got some big plans for this weekend. I'm pretty excited. One of my friends, shout out Erod, his birthday Saturday will in fact be doing a little bit of a bar crawl on the peninsula in Newport Beach, Pennsylvania. So if you're Pen- <laughs> Newport Beach, Pennsylvania, you know what? You know why I said that? I got AJ Hogart on the mind. I'm thinking about Coatesville, Pennsylvania, for God knows what reason. Yeah, I just got done watching the state game like an hour ago. For God knows what reason. I've got Coatesville, Pennsylvania still on the brain. That wasn't even the Hogard game. If anything, I should have fucking Paradise Falls, Utah, or wherever Kohler's from, or New York, wherever Tyson Walker's from, or Farmington Hills, Michigan, wherever Jaden Akins is from. For some reason, Coatesville, Pennsylvania, just popping around the old noggin. It's a good way to start the weekend, though. Nothing wrong with a little Coatesville, PA. But the bar crawl will, in fact, be in Newport Beach, California, not Pennsylvania. Pretty excited for that. Uh, Michigan State wins heading into the weekend. That makes me happy. They beat 23-ranked Rutgers at home, undoubtedly, right? Breslin Center was pretty loud. The Izone showed up. They did their part. But a win's a win, and especially against a ranked team, when we dropped the last couple that we were right there, right? We had them on the ropes. It felt like our game to win, and when it came down to winning time, the fellows let it slip away. So it was good to get this one. And beyond just getting this one, it was good to, you know, make it certain, make it known. Like, yeah, we fucking beat these guys. Didn't sweat it. Didn't come down to the wire. Four minutes left, the game was over. We beat them by 13. That's a good feeling against a ranked team, surging Rutgers, who has a program that I know Rutgers gets clowned a lot. I'm going to say something nice. I'm going to say something nice. I know Rutgers gets clowned a lot, right? Football, rightfully so. I mean, they're still a joke. They'll forever be clowned. But basketball, over the last, like, five years, I feel like Rutgers has kind of built something a little bit there. Now, they're not making Final Fours or anything like that quite yet, but they are a respectable team. They're a team that's to be reckoned with. And going to New Jersey and playing them, I think the rack is where they play. That's a scary task, right? That's not just a layup anymore, no pun intended. You go to Rutgers, you went on the road, you did something special. So credit to Rutgers. Uh, and and that's what I'm that's why I'm fired up about this, right? Like it's not beating the same old Rutgers. We beat a good team. We beat a good team. We beat a team that wants to win the Big Ten. We beat a team that's gonna make the tournament. We beat a team that is better than a lot of the teams we're going to play the rest of the way. So home, on the road, whichever, doesn't fucking matter to me. Win's a win. Ranked win is a rank win. And for a team that really felt like they needed one in MSU, it was good to get one. Um, it's it's nice. I, I kind of talked about it in one of the videos I made after the Purdue game. Like, it's nice being in all these games. Like, it's nice hanging in there with Illinois on the road and – You know, we start to sweat. It's coming down to the wire. Who's going to pull ahead in crunch time? It's nice to bring Purdue within a point down to the wire, right? Like, that's good to know that this team is good enough that we can hang with some of the best in college basketball. We can go to a hostile environment and fucking take it down to the end. 
that's good to know. But what's better to know is we can actually beat these guys. It's not just, oh, yeah, we took them down to the end. It was a close game. Sure, they won at the end, but, you know, we were there. It, winning the game is better than that. So after a couple crushing defeats where it's almost amplified when you're that close and you don't get it done and then it, you compound it, it happens a couple times in a row, it's good to get one. And after the gauntlet, we knew Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers, we knew we had a little bit of a gauntlet coming into these four. To go two and two in these four, I think that's a fair shake. Like, I'll take that. Ideally, three and one would have been nice. Um, Beating Purdue, taking care of them at home, obviously third-ranked team in the country. That would have looked pretty fucking good on the resume come March. But it is what it is. Two and two, we'll take that. I think most state fans at the start of this four-game stretch, if you said, hey, I don't know which two you're going to win, but Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers, you'll win too. I think most state fans, Malik Hall was a question mark. Jaden Akins was coming off the foot. We'd go, all right, sure. All right, fine. We'll take two. We'll, we'll live with that, and then we'll play Indiana, and we'll play Iowa, and we'll beat those guys, and then it's back to Mackey for Purdue. So, yeah, we will take that, or at least I will. So it was good to see. And, and more so than just the win, the way state won tonight. I've been harping on it. I've been harping on it now ever since at least Illinois, maybe Wisconsin. And it's not just me. I don't want to come off and be like, oh, dude, I'm this fucking oracle of Michigan State basketball. I see things nobody else, not even Tom Izzo does. I don't want to come off like that. I admittedly am not like a basketball geek um, of the major. Like I know, I know my basketball. I've watched enough basketball. I worked at Breslin for two years. My job was to just stand there and fucking watch basketball games and then here and there tell somebody where the bathroom is. I know basketball, especially at the college level. Like, I know what a good team looks like. I know what a bad team looks like. I know what a good player looks like. I know what a bad player looks like. I know what a team that runs their sets well looks like. And I know what a team that's disorganized and kind of doesn't know what they're doing looks like. Michigan State, as, as well as the season's gone on, up until these last few, like the Gonzaga game, tough, great win against Kentucky. Like it was pretty up and down. We're playing tough teams. We're winning some of the games. It was pretty good. You could tell at some point, like someone else was going to have to come along. And for the most part, I will say Joey Hauser has been that guy. Joey Hauser has given MSU pretty good minutes, right? He's rebounded. He's done as best as he can defensively. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's been Wallace, but he's done what he can defensively and he's made shots. He's been a three point threat. He's been a guy we can feed it to in the post if Hogarth and Tyson are either off the floor or tired, whatever the case is. He's been a pretty good third fiddle. But on those days, and you guys know how Hauser is, on those days where he's just, it's not a Joey Hauser day. You know. You know those days. Purdue was one of those days until like later in the second half. Illinois was one of those days where it's just like, yeah, well, Joey's just uh, – just not going to be that guy today. He's just not going to give you anything today. He'll be out there. He'll take some shots. He's going to try and turn it around, but they're just not going to go in. Uh, when he dribbles it, he's not going to be able to get to his spot on the block. He'll probably turn it over. It was just one of those days. We knew we need him to be consistent. And in the times where he isn't, or in the times that he has those off days, and we know they will come, we just need someone to play third fiddle to Tyson Walker and A.J. Hoker. That's what it comes down to for this team, plain and simple. That's the difference for me. That's the difference between winning that game against Purdue and losing it. That's the difference between closing Illinois out and letting him come back is we know Tyson's going to show up. We know A.J. Hogard's going to get into the paint, going to deliver, going to get people open shots. We know those guys are going to be dogs on defense too. 
they can't score every fucking point. You know what I mean? Like Tyson's sick. We can't ask him to score all the points. He had 30 against Purdue. That's absurd that we needed him for 30. Like someone's got to chip in, whether it's Jaden Akins, hopefully it's Joey Hauser, if not one of them, a guy like Jackson Kohler who played great today, a little bit of a coming out game for him, Pierre Brooks. We need somebody to chip in. That's going to be the formula for this team. Because look, unless they have a Zach Eady, a 7-6 fucking giant straight out of Game of Thrones, and it's just like, hey, what are you going to do? Unless it's one of those situations, the team's going to play good defense. The guards play good defense. The wings play good defense. Sissoko, Cooper, Kohler, Hauser, whoever's down low, Malik, if and when he ever comes back, those guys play their asses off, right? They bust their butt. They try to get rebounds. They play defense. No easy buckets. We're going to play defense. The thing about this team when it comes to playing the better teams, when it comes to beating Purdue at Mackey, if they want to do that, beating Rutgers on the road, beating Michigan the second time, you need somebody else to chip in offensively. You can't have the entire game run through two guys and expect that to get you past the elite teams. We've seen it a couple times already. If that's it, if it's Tyson and AJ and then fucking goose eggs, yeah, it'll be a good game. Yeah, you'll come close, but you're not going to close the deal if the other team's got anybody worth a while. And today we had a few guys step up. Hauser played well. He hit some shots. Um, Jackson Kohler, we talked about. Big-time game. I think he had 12 and 10. Big-time game. We were hurting on the boards. He came in, gave us a jump in the second half. Played hard. Played big for a guy who moves like there's fucking cinder blocks attached to his legs. Played hard. Got some rebounds. Had a couple blocks down low. Like, he was tough around the rim, and that's all we need for him. We're not expecting him to be Jaron Jackson. I'm not expecting him to be Xavier Tillman and guard all five positions. I don't need that from Jackson Kohler. I need you to bust your ass. I need you to box out, and I need you to get rebounds. And then here and there, we'll throw it to the block offensively, and let's see what you got. We know you love the post moves. He's got great footwork. He's got the fakes. He's got the fadeaway. He's got the hook shot. He's got the up and under. He's got it all. We'll give him the touches offensively. Can he bring it defensively? Because if he can, like he did tonight, and if he can bring it on the glass against some of these better teams, he can stay on the floor. That has been his question mark. And it's crucial. It's crucial we find depth, and it's crucial we find guys that we can go to. Because although I do believe guards win, like I'd rather have our guards be the strength than the forwards. I feel like time and time again in the tournament, we see these teams where it's like, oh, Kofi Coburn's the fucking man. Isaac Koss is the fucking man. We'll see with Zach Eady and Purdue this year. Anytime it's like the focal point of a team's offensive strategy is throwing it to a seven-footer on the block, that gets it done a lot. That gets it done in the regular season. Yes, it is tough to stop, but all of these teams, at some point, it feels like they hit a roadblock, and at some point you need your guards to get you over the hump. You need the guard play to get you to that next level, and that's kind of been the formula at Michigan State for Izzo's entire career, right? I mean, those Cassius Winston years, obviously guard play. Kalen Lucas, Corey Lucius, Denzel Valentine, Gary Harris, um, Drew Neitzel before that. Like, we've always had good guard play here. And I do think in the in the majority of college hoops, elite guard play can can bring your team to a level they may not otherwise be able to achieve. And we see it in the upsets in the tournament every year. It's never like, holy shit, the three seed goes down because this center – for the 14th seed at 30 points. No, it's because CJ McCollum's on the other team. It's because Dame Lillard is on the other team. It's because some fucking nuts guard, Marcus Howard, whoever, 
just went off and there's nothing you can do about it because the guy is shifty. The guy can score from outside, inside, middle, wherever you want. And when you double him, when you focus on him, other dudes are wide open and he can make the passes. That is what makes you an elite team, I think, in my mind, if I was a head coach. But you do need, you do need the other aspects. You, you do need other people to come along. That was always a complaint during the Cassius years, for me at least, was like, look, it's sick that we have Cassius Winston. And he is one of, if not the best guard in college football for both his junior or college football, college basketball for both his junior and senior years. But like, he's a human being. We've all seen Cassius Winston. He doesn't look like fucking Liam Hemsworth. The guy gets tired. (laughs) The The guy gets tired. He's banging bodies. He's going to the rim. He's getting fouled. He's dribbling it all fucking game. Everything we do offensively relies on him running around screens, making plays, using his head. The guy can't do it all forever, and at some point we needed someone else to take a little bit of the load off his shoulders, whether it was McQuaid, Nick Ward down low, Kyle Aarons maybe hitting some threes, Xavier Tillman, whoever. And that's what we're going to need from this team. Jackson Kohler, if he can if he can sustain what he did tonight, or at least something near it, where you can give it to him down low. He knows where to be. He knows the timing in the screen and roll. Um, He works hard on the glass. He's defending as best he can. He blocks a couple shots. If you can get that out of him, he's a guy you can play, and he's a guy that elevates the ceiling of this team. And the other guy I want to talk about tonight, Jaden Akins. Rough first half for the kid. I mean, brutal. He couldn't make anything. Uh, I think he airballed the three. It felt like we were kind of going off the rails with Jaden Akins. Like, it felt like... We, he's been struggling a little bit lately, right? Like hasn't been hitting his shots, plays a little bit out of control, turning it over. And we all see it. We all know what Jaden Akins can and should be able to do. I mean, the guy the guy runs and it's like, oh shit, he's more athletic than everyone. Why Why the fuck does he not have 20 a game? Why doesn't, why doesn't he just dribble to the left three times and dunk it every fucking possession? And then when he's hitting his threes, you're like, this dude doesn't fucking miss either. What's up? How is he not the player of the year already? We see the flashes and we know the potential. And then on the defensive end, he's a menace. He's so athletic. He's so quick. And he is a guy, credit to him, because he did it today. It was a testament to doing it today in that second half. He's a guy that even if it isn't really going offensively for him, he'll stay locked in and he'll make plays on the defensive end. Had a couple big steals today, a couple big fucking rebounds, ran the break a few times. He had the dunk. That's a testament to him. That's a testament to Tom Izzo, and that's what Michigan State is all about. You want to play. You want to be in the starting five. You want to be a difference maker. Look, everybody has off days. Tyson Walker eventually is going to have a shit day. He's going to miss everything. A.J. Hogarth is going to have a shit day. Everybody does. It's part of basketball. But do you let that affect what you do defensively? Because nothing about defense requires you to be able to make a three. Nothing about defense requires you to feel some type of way that day. Defense is how much effort do you want to put in and how focused are you? Plain and simple. That's it. And then if you want to throw in shit you can't teach, like this guy jumps through the roof, this guy's the fastest dude on the court, like Jaden Akins, you throw that into play, you become a problem defensively. What he did in that second half tonight, it reminded me of Aaron Henry in the 2021 season when that's all we had. Aaron Henry was out there, had the ball every possession, going to the rim, making plays for others, shooting. He was the only guy we had offensively. And then back on defense, he was guarding the other team's best player. And 
and doing the freelance shit that Aikens did a bit today, just using his size and athleticism to come off his man and make plays, to get steals, to get in passing lanes, to do whatever he had to do to make sure that ball didn't go in the fucking hoop. Jaden Aikens, I think, can be that guy. He's a little bit smaller. He's not going to guard the wings the same way Aaron Henry did, but I think he can be a little bit of that freelance menace to society type on defense where you don't know where this guy is. And even if you think he's there guarding his man in the corner, he's so explosive, he can get into the paint like that and make a fucking play on you. He can elevate with you and affect your shot at the rim. He can come under and dig down on a big before the big even knows what's happening and take the ball away. He's a guy that can be a chaotic force on the defensive end, and guys like that elevate your defensive play. And that's got nothing to do with the three ball falling. It's got nothing to do with how you feel, what the passing's been, how you've shoot in the last couple, nothing. It's effort, and it's locked in. It's focused. That's it, and he's got it. So credit to him. Have to shout him out because he shook it off in the first half. It looked like it was a little bit of like this thing might go off the rails for Aikens, you know? Like he's feeling down on himself. The body language wasn't great. He's missing little floaters. He's missing threes. He's missing mid-range jump shots. And you could tell he was frustrated. I mean, it was frustrating for me to watch because you know he can shoot. You know he can get the ball to go in. You know he's a playmaker. You know he's a fucking good basketball player. So you could feel the frustration, and it felt like going into half, like, oh, are we about to lose Aikens a little bit here? Like, is he about to get in his own head, and this thing's going to get worse before it gets better? It it had that vibe. But credit to him, dude. Credit to him, the mental toughness. He didn't give a fuck. He bounced back, made a couple plays defensively, and the next thing you know, he hits a couple jump shots. I think he had three threes in the second half. He's making plays. He's making passes to Joey Hauser in the corner. He's working offensively, getting rebounds. He's doing shit that we expect Jaden Akins to do despite having a bad 20 minutes. And that, that amongst everything else I've said in this opening, that is the sign of like the type of guys you have to have if you want to be a successful basketball team. If you want to beat a Purdue, you want to beat Rutgers again, you want to beat Michigan again, that you want to win at Indiana on Sunday. That's the type of guy you have to have. That's the kind of attitude and just, fucking mental toughness, Michigan State shit that you got to have to get it done at a high level. And he proved it today. So that was very, very exciting to see from a guy that I love, dude. I love Jaden Aiken. I said the day he committed, this kid's going to win a Big Ten player of the year before he graduates. I said it. I stand by it. I still think he's capable of doing that. And like I said, when you see the flashes, you know it's there. It's just putting it together not letting one thing affect the other, and then starting to string games together, starting to be more consistent from one night to the next. So we'll see if he can keep this thing going at Assembly Hall Sunday. We're going to need him. We're going to need him once again, especially with Malik Hall being out. All those guys we talked about, Hauser, Kohler, Aikens, Pierre, at some point we're going to need him to come along and at least hit a couple threes, right? I know he struggles defensively. I think he struggles a little bit with – like rotations and kind of keeping his head in it and knowing where to be and predicting where the ball's going to go instead of watching it. He struggles a little bit with that, but we're going to need him to hit a couple shots down the stretch at some point. We're going to need these guys. So it was a great sign to see Akins, to see Kohler, two guys who have shown flashes, but have been a little bit here and there. It was good to see them prevail and put a good 20 minutes together when we needed it and ice a good team like Rutgers after those last few were. We were there coming out of half and it just slipped away. 
that said, you know, I think we're what five and three in the conference now. Um, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about state. I think it'd probably be a little bit Homer of me, a little bit of a stretch to say, yeah, we're going to win the big 10. That's probably, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but we're tied for third right now. Purdue's sitting at seven and one. If we want to win the big 10, it's going to like have to be a must win at Mackey when we see them in a couple weeks, which is always, always tough to do, especially for MSU. I feel like we fucking never win there. So don't want to get my hopes up too high, but I feel good about the team. Um, I think they've proven that they are a good team. I just don't know if they're an elite team, right? I don't know if they're uh, a deep run in March type team. I think they're capable of it. I think when they play well, when guys like Hauser, Kohler, Aikens are all firing, if we get, get Malik Hall back, I think when everything's going and they're playing the way we know that they can, they've got the potential to make some noise. The question is, can they put it together? The question is, when one guy's down, can someone come in and pick him up? The question is, if we got a guy who plays a shitty first half, can he shake it off and play a better second half? That's what it's going to come down to down the stretch. But I do think it's a good team. I do think it's a team where I'm like, fuck it. Anybody, like Tom Izzo always says, anyone, anywhere, anytime, or any place, whatever he says. I do kind of, I believe in that with this team. Like, I think they're capable of beating anybody at any time, whether it's home or on the road. But we'll see. Time will tell. And, you know, March is a crazy month. College basketball is a crazy fucking sport. It's why it's the best tournament in sports. Anybody can win on any given day. And when it's Michigan State and you got Tom Izzo on your sideline and you've got the pedigree and the history, and these guys have been around it now for a few years, Tyson Walker, Joey Hauser, A.J. Hogard, they're fucking hungry. They want to leave their mark. They don't want to just say, yeah, we played with Cassius Winston. They wanted to, A.J. Hogard wants to leave his own mark at MSU. Tyson Walker, he doesn't want this season to go for naught. He doesn't want that 30-point, most points anyone scored at the Breslin since Cassius to go for nothing. Like, these guys want their own team to make its own mark, and I think they're capable of making noise. So, we'll see. I feel pretty good about MSU basketball as it stands, though. Um, on the flip side, a couple miles down the road, Michigan. Yikes. Just lost to Maryland, six-point loss on the road. Look, Maryland's really bad. Maryland is really fucking bad. They're 2-4 and four in the conference. 11 and six overall sitting third from last. They're really fucking bad. And uh, Michigan just lost to them. I don't know what the deal is with Michigan basketball. Admittedly, haven't watched a ton of them. I obviously watched them when MSU played, but I, I couldn't like sit here and tell you why they're bad. I couldn't sit here and tell you why they're losing to Maryland. I couldn't sit here and tell you why Central Michigan's giving them a run for their, or beat them too. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I assume Dickinson's not playing his best. I assume the guard play hasn't been outstanding. I know Jed Howard's elite offensively, but I know he struggles on defense. So I don't know. I I, I just haven't watched enough to tell you what Michigan's deal is, but I know it isn't fucking good, dude. I know it isn't fucking good. These guys are like fighting to make the tournament. Like, is that the, the, the caliber of team Michigan is this year? I don't want to start gloating and getting ahead of myself because, look, we got to go play them at, at, uh, or at Chrysler, but are they going to make the fucking tournament, dude? I mean, they lose to bad teams. They don't look good at all, like ever. Anytime I've seen Michigan play this year, it's bad. They blew that game to Iowa not too long ago that I don't even know mathematically, unless Tracy McGrady was wearing a Hawkeyes jersey, I don't know how you let that happen. 
So I don't, it's, it's tough. If you're a Michigan fan right now, <laughs> next time the basketball team plays, it might be turn off the cable, boot up the YouTube and let's watch some football reruns because they don't look good. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. I don't think that they have anybody crucial that's injured right now. Like they're not missing Dickinson. They're not missing Jed Howard. I don't know what the fix is. Maybe Juwan Howard's a little in over his head. Is that fair to say? Maybe coaching in college is a little more challenging than he thought it would be when he initially had taken over for Beeline and the foundation was kind of there. It's weird because he's recruited well. They have talent on the team. Like Terrace Reed, Tom Izzo wanted him. He went to Michigan. Kobe Bufkin, I know MSU, I think we kind of said we don't need him after we had Aikens and Pierre. But Kobe Bufkin was getting recruited by everybody. Like they have talent on the team. They got guys that can play. They got guys that in an alternate universe would be wearing green and white. So I don't I don't really know what Michigan's deal is, but what I do know is it ain't fucking good. It ain't fucking good <laughs> at all. Cue up the third base memes for Jama- Juwan Howard. I mean, honest to God, John Beeline's probably sitting in his leather chair. I don't, He doesn't strike me as a guy that smokes cigars, but eating like a bag of almonds sitting there going, bet those fuckers wish, or bet those freakers wish they had me now. There's no chance John Beeline says the F word. But I don't know, Michigan, it's just not great basketball-wise. All right, um, let me take a quick break. It's the weekends. The Red Wings stink. I don't really want to talk about them. We talked on Wednesday's episode about what they may or may not do at the deadline. Talked a little bit about the Larkin rumors, the Bertuzzi rumors. You know how I feel about those. So I don't really want to talk about them. The Pistons played in Paris today in front of, hopefully, their future number one pick, Victor Wembanyama. Got their asses kicked by Chicago. Cool event. Detroit, the Paris of the West, playing in Paris. That's pretty cool, right? A lot of celebs. Magic Johnson was at the game. Rip. Ben Wallace were there. Uh, my favorite comedian, Andrew Schultz. He was in the house. So pretty cool event. Anytime you can go to Paris, that's cool. Uh, they fucking lost. They still stink. I don't, Cade's still out. So that's pretty much all I got on the Pistons. It's, it's tough. It's tough for me to get up for the Pistons. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I'm fading on the Red Wings, and I love the Red Wings. I love Red Wings hockey. I love hearing the goal horn at LCA. I love seeing the boys in the winged wheel celly. I fucking love watching hockey, and I'm see it, finding myself now. It's like a Thursday night game, and I'm like, yeah, but Andrew Santino just put out that new comedy special. The Red Wings are uh, kind of out of it. Should I watch comedy instead? Like, it's tough. To get me to do it for the Pistons, that's borderline impossible, to be quite frank. Um, My heart goes out to my heart, my brain, my goodwill goes out to all the Pistons fans out there who suffer through all 82, who are locked into today's game like it was a playoff game, who are sitting there firing off tweets going, hey, next year with Wimbanyama, it'll get better. My heart goes out to those brave souls because if you're riding with the Pistons right now, if you're still balls deep in the Pistons, you're a different breed, brother. I mean, you would have made it through World War One, no questions asked. I would have been out on the first day. Trench foot, PTSD, fucking what is it called? Bomb shock, bomb. What is it? The 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 shell shock, shell shock. Fucking taken out by a stray bullet. I would have been done on day one in the trenches. You guys are the ones still fighting. Still keeping democracy intact. So credit to all the Pistons fans trudging through it. I got nothing. I got nothing. The one, the one thing I do have for the Pistons 
I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know for sure if it will come, but I think I'm going to work with an artist who I discovered on Instagram today. The dude makes sweet, sweet designs. It'll be my first time working with an outside collaborator. So someone who designs the stuff I put out that isn't me. I seen him. He did a, he did a Lakers design and he did a Knicks design and they were both so clean. I'm going to see, I'm going to try and maybe make a Detroit design with him. We'll see maybe February, maybe March, just something, a, a one ray of sunshine for this Pistons season. So if you're a Pistons fan, if you like the brand, you like the shirts, keep it, keep your eyes peeled for that. Follow the second string on Instagram. That's the best way to never miss a drop. I'm, I'm going to try to do something to just <clears throat> lift the spirits a little bit for the Pistons fans out there because, good Lord, you guys need it. All right, let me take a quick break. I don't know if I'm going to do any lines today. We did a good bit Wednesday. I think I'll probably answer some questions, maybe talk a little NFL playoffs, and then we'll call it a weekend. Quick break. Let's start with some uh, playoff talk, shall we? Why not? I love football. <laughs> I really fucking do, dude. I love the game of NFL football. I love the playoffs of NFL football. I love cool teams. Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Buffalo. Shit, even San Francisco's kind of cool. Dallas is Dallas. I hate them, but they're Dallas, right? They bring a little bit of pedigree. Fuck, even the Jags. Even the Jags. Even Trevor Lawrence, even though he's talking shit about Kansas City's crowd. And I got to believe everybody who's ever been in contact with a Jaguar is blowing his line going, dude, please stop. Please stop. It's Pat Mahomes and Kelsey. We don't need you chirping the fans that are absolutely the loudest in the NFL about how quiet they are. I can't wait. The only sad part, two things are sad about the playoffs. One is this three things. One on the weekend, like during a playoff weekend, last weekend with the wild cards, when the games end, when that last one's over, the Bucks-Dallas game, even though that one sucked, it's just like, God damn it. Football's over for five days. God damn it. Now what? Now what do I do? Like when the games are exciting, the Jags-Chargers game was sick. The Seahawks-Niners game was pretty fun for a little while. Like when the games are exciting, it's like, yes, more, more, more. I'm Kylo Ren with it. And then the, the games end, Monday night comes, and I'm like, God damn it. This sucks, dude. I don't want football to be over, but the other things that make me sad, one, football in general is going to be over soon, and two, cool teams are going to be gone. Like Cincinnati Buffalo, that sucks. I, it's great, obviously, because the game's going to be awesome. It, uh, the DeMar Hamlin thing happened. Like, it'll be emotional. It'll be electric. They're two of the most fun teams in the entire NFL. The game's going to be awesome, and I cannot wait to watch it. It sucks how that game's going to end, and either Joe Burrow or Josh Allen won't be playing anymore. That sucks. You know what I mean? Like Philadelphia, if they lose their game somehow, it's just like, fuck. I love watching Jalen Hurts. I love watching the Eagles offense. They're just out now. That blows. Dallas, as much as I love to hate, that's the thing. I love to hate them. If they get steamrolled by the Niners, it's like, damn, now I can't root against Dallas, even though I just put out that fresha Cowboys design. There's just so much to it where it's like it ends and you're just, God fucking damn it, dude. I'm excited though. I'm pulling for either winner of Bills Bengals. Whoever wins that game, I want them to win it all. Uh, if I had to choose between the two, that's so tough. Like both both cities are very football centric. Both cities are kind of tortured fan bases. 
both teams have sweet ass quarterbacks, sweet offenses. They're cool brands. Like they're not the Cowboys. They're not the Chiefs. They're not the Eagles. They're not even the Niners or the Giants where it's like they've been good like my entire life. It feels like I want one of them to win so badly. But if I had to pick between the two, I feel like I got to go Bills. And I hate to do it because I love Joe Shiesty. I do. I love Jamar Chase. Their offense, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and T. Higgins may be the sweetest trio of players a team's had in my fucking life. Maybe that's a little recency bias, but they're so cold. I'd hate to see them go, but, dude, Josh Allen's the man. I really want Josh Allen to get one. Um, I feel like he's due. You know what I mean? They've had some good teams. They've come close. That game last year against the Chiefs was unreal. I'd love to see them match up again. I want Josh Allen to get one. I feel like he deserves it. I want Buffalo to get one. They deserve it, dude. The four falls, they've started to come back, right? Like this new Josh Allen era, they've kind of built a powerhouse there. They lost Dable. They fucking took that blow. Sean McDermott still got that thing chugging along. I think I want Buffalo to win it all. I just love Josh Allen. I love that it snows there. I love that their fans are jumping through tables, eating hot wings and pounding beers before the game. I love that the <laughs> – this is a stupid reason, but I love that the Lions took him to the wire. I just love everything about Buffalo, <laughs> honest to God. Um, it's a shame that that's not the AFC championship. But for me, that's the Super Bowl. For me, whoever wins that, they win my affections and they win my rooting interest the rest of the way. I'm excited, though. Uh, I'll, I'll go through the games real quick. Chiefs-Jags. In Arrowhead, this game could be played at a playground in Jacksonville, and I feel like the Chiefs would still steamroll them. I just don't know if the Jags got that kind of firepower. I don't know if the Jags got two like emotional, kind of miraculous wins in them, as great as Trevor Lawrence has been. I just don't think they have it. And then chirping the fans, chirping Arrowhead, like that place is going to be louder than it's ever been. I don't see how the Jags get that done. Eagles-Giants, kind of the same deal. Giants have been a bit of a – a bit of a Cinderella story, right? Like winning that game, even though Minnesota, we all knew were frauds. Winning that game on the road with Minnesota, Daniel Jones has been playing really well. I feel like the Eagles are too stacked. The Eagles, dude, those guys are nuts. Their offense is impossible to stop. Jalen Hurts, the way they run it, they're fucking A.J. Brown. They're fucking filthy, dude. Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, bro. They're filthy, in Philadelphia, and the link is going to be going crazy. I don't see how the Giants go into another hostile environment and get it done again. And all credit to Daniel Jones. He's been good, but, like, he is still Daniel Jones. He is, at the end of the day, he is still Danny Dimes. Like, he's not Pat Mahomes going to Philadelphia. It's not even Trevor Lawrence going to Philadelphia. It's still Daniel Jones. I saw the Lions dismember the Giants. That makes me feel like the Eagles shouldn't have a terrible time doing it. Divisional rivals, third time, you both know each other. I get the whole thing. I just don't see how Philly loses that game. Buffalo Bengals, I think this one's the biggest toss-up. Um, I obviously wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals won it. I just think it's Buffalo's time. I think it's Josh Allen's time. I think this is their year, right? They've come close a few times. They've had some good runs. I think it's their time to at least get a crack at the Super Bowl. It'll be in Buffalo again. Oh, no, it will, it'll be in Atlanta. Fuck. That's right, dude. I forgot about that. I forgot that this is going to be a neutral site game. That makes it a little more interesting. I still think it's the Bills. 
obviously like playing for DeMar, like I said, it feels kind of like their year, their time. But fuck, I forgot this game's not going to be in Buffalo. I'll still take the Bills, but that game, that's the game of the weekend. And then Cowboys-Niners. I think this one will be closer than people expect. Everybody's saying the Cowboys are going to get ran. I don't think the Cowboys are great. I also don't think they're bad. I think they're capable of being pretty good. A lot of people shit on Dak. I feel like when he plays well, he's pretty fucking good. I don't love Dak. I don't think he's the best. You know, I don't think he's one of the top five guys in the league. But when he's good, I think he's pretty good. The Cowboys can run it a little bit. I don't think it'll be as big of a shit show as people expect. Like Brock Purdy's been awesome for San Fran, and they got a sick defense and a great run game. Talk about toys on offense. CMC, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, they're stacked. I don't think it'll be a blowout, though. I still think the Niners win home field and just like their defense is too good. But I think it'll be a pretty good game. Like Micah Parsons is going to make Brock Purdy's life a living hell. He absolutely – he's going to torment the guy. And they didn't have to deal with that against Seattle. Seattle's defense is not good. I don't know how they react. Pressure's on, playoff game, like it's win or go home. There is no time for mistakes. And you got the predator, Micah Parsons, breathing down your neck. I think that maybe affects how Brock Purdy plays a little bit. But in the end, I think the roster shines through and San Francisco will get it done. But I think it's closer than people think. I'm excited. I love the NFL playoffs. Who doesn't, dude? The uh, like, fuck. I wish the Lions were here. All right, let's answer a couple questions. These are we're gonna do them all from Instagram today. The Zus, the Zus. Kind of sounds like Jesus, but it's spelled the Zus. Jets pizza, overrated or underrated? Personally, Jesus loves it. Jesus, I'm right there with you, buddy. I love Jets pizza. I'm a whore for Detroit style. That's my number one. I go anywhere in the world. I go to any pizza parlor. Do you make Detroit style square? I'll have four corners. Thank you very much. End of order. Still like New York style. Don't really like Chicago style, but Detroit style is my favorite. And nobody does it better than Jets. Dude, a little barbecue chicken Jets pizza. You're making me tingly. I don't know if it's possible for Jets to be overrated because at least in my life, like my friends and family, I feel like everybody loves Jets. I don't hear people talking shit about it. If people do talk shit about Jets, they're flat out wrong. Um, but I don't think it is possible to be overrated because, like, Jets is cracked. Jets is the top of the top, dude. I get that it's a chain. They make some damn good pizza pies, plain and simple. What, Michael Jordan's overrated? How is LeBron James going to be overrated? How is Jets pizza going to be overrated? Perfectly rated. Certainly. Certainly, I don't think it could be underrated either because it's gas. Nobody talks shit about Jets, and you'd have to be in a loony bin to do so. All right, next one. Josh Snyder, 23. Josh, appreciate the question, buddy. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're listening. Please explain to people why we don't take a quarterback in the first or second round. All right. I think it's pretty simple. I think it comes down to, did you watch the Lions at all this season? Like, did you watch one game of the Lions this year? It could have been the Patriots game. It could have been the Cowboys game. Did you watch the Detroit Lions play one full football game the entire season? And if you did, did you watch the entire season? Because the question's in the answer. Why would the Lions go get a QB in the first or second round? We know what this team needs. It's beyond evident to everybody. It's not a quarterback. It's frankly nothing offensively. If you could bring back everybody we had on offense, the problem's the defense. That's where you upgrade. You have to upgrade the cornerback position. 
I wouldn't hate another defensive lineman. I think that's what you spend the sixth overall pick on. I think our first round pick you spend on a corner. And in the second round, another corner, maybe a linebacker, perhaps maybe a running back. If you're going to let Swift go, I, I just don't, there's no need for a QB. A couple weeks ago, I said it Well, Brad Holmes said it. And then I fucking regurgitated it, but I did because he's right. It's a lot easier to get worse at quarterback than it is better, especially at the pro level, especially if you're going to talk about drafting a rookie. If we did take a quarterback, certainly in the first round, the expectation I think is he's going to play right away. He's the new guy. I don't think that that necessarily gives you a better output than Jared Goff does. And even if you want to say, all right, let's take one in the second round. He can sit for a year. The Lions are at a point right now, like this window with this core, I think it's win now time. I think next year will be win now time. For Detroit, listen to the pod I did on Wednesday. I talked about what the expectation is going into next season, and it's win the NFC North. If that's the case, which it should be and it will be, you use the first two rounds, probably the first three rounds of draft picks to upgrade positions that you need to improve next season, to get guys that will come in and help you next season, not to go get a guy that maybe in five years he'll be the new QB, but for the first one or two, he's going to sit behind Jared. You don't spend the pick on that, not at this point, not in this draft. Maybe next year we can talk about it when other position groups are more settled in. Not at this point. This season, this draft, your first two rounds, everybody's defense. Maybe a running back in the second round. First round, defensive lineman, corner. Second round, linebacker, corner, maybe a running back. And then if third round, if there's someone Brad Holmes likes and you want to give him a chance, all right, fine, we can do it. It's not going to be a backbreaker. First two rounds, you get guys that improve the team immediately so we win as many games as possible next year. I feel like that, it's surprising that there are even Lions fans who are like in the camp of go take Bryce Young if he was available or go take a CJ Shroud or go take a Will Levis because like we know how rookies in the NFL work, dude. It's fucking, even when a guy's can't miss, they still miss. It's pretty fucking hard to go get a guy at QB and have him pan out. So I I don't, I I feel like it's just the obvious answer. You don't take a quarterback. The team's too good. Jared Goff played way too good. Jared Goff was great all season long. What about what Goff did makes you think we need to upgrade the position? Because if you think we do, you didn't watch or you just don't know what you're talking about because he was never the problem. It's the defense. Upgrade the defense and this team can go as far as they allow themselves to, dude. You upgrade the defense. We're going to be a fucking problem next season. All right, this next one comes from my guy. My guy, always engaging, Sal Callery. Sal, hope you're listening, buddy. How fucked are we without Malik? I think they still make the tourney, but as a 9 or a 10. Um, I don't think we're fucked without Malik. Obviously, it hurts. I wish he played. And I don't think we'll be a 9 or a 10. I mean, yeah, it makes the team worse. Uh, the depth hurts, but again, like we saw tonight, if Jackson Kohler can come through, that eases the blow a little bit. It's still a tournament team. I still think they'll be like a six, maybe a five, but I don't think they'll be a, a, a nine or a 10. That seems a little too low for these guys and what they've shown that they can do against good teams already, even though they've lost a couple of those games. It sucks not to have Malik, but I don't think it's a death blow by any means. And word on the street is, the, the re-injury is not as bad as we thought, so he may actually play in a couple weeks anyway. I don't know what the fuck's going on with him, but I don't think it's a killer. <laughs> this, this next question from Paul Wiltz. Hope I'm saying that right. Paul, 
Appreciate the question, my man. Who has the best hair in Big Ten basketball? That that is a fucking question, buddy. That is a fucking question. You know who's got some sweet hair? Terrence Shannon Jr. for Illinois. That dude, something about the Kevin Porter like bead hanging in front of your face. I don't have the hair to do it. I could never pull it off. But something about that haircut gets me fucking going. And you combine that with being left-handed. That's bonus points for the haircut. Being left-handed has nothing to do with your barber. It makes that shit look better. I promise you. So I'll go Terrence Shannon Jr. I was infatuated with that shit. When we were playing Illinois, I was like, this guy looks so fucking cool. And he's giving us buckets. God damn it, dude. We'll go Terrence Shannon. All right. Last question. My man's James Case. James, how are you, brother? I hope you have a great weekend. Um, we talked, he said random stuff on the NBA. I'm not really locked into the NBA. I don't know. I, I, I don't know shit. I haven't followed it at all. I'm sad. I know my warriors are a little down bad, so that's kind of a bummer. I want them to win the championship every single year. I fucking love Steph Curry. Uh, more talk on MSU basketball. We already kind of did that in the first half and then playoff predictions. We already kind of did that too. So sorry, James, sorry, but you're welcome. You, you got such great questions. I answered them without even having to read yours. So I appreciate that. All right, folks, that's all I got today. Um, we'll see. I'm going to do an update on the pod eventually here in the next couple of weeks just because football's winding down. The Red Wings suck. The Pistons suck. The Tigers, fuck them. Um, it'll just be Big Ten basketball pretty shortly here. So I'm going to see what we're going to do. I don't know. I'm, I want to still keep doing two episodes a week, but it's going to be tough to fill two hours a week just talking MSU hoops and then the limited Michigan hoops I watch. So we'll see. I don't know. I might throw in some random shit, more joke stuff, life stuff, probably some life stuff, and uh, we'll go from there. But I'll be doing an update soon enough. I do want to do uh, Detroit Lions, just look back on the season, maybe next week, perhaps the following. So I'll keep you guys updated. As always, appreciate the support. Keep your eyes peeled. TheSecondString.com. Got a Georgia Bulldogs back-to-back champs design coming out pretty soon here. The Dallas design is live right now. I got another, um, I'm going to put out a Detroit Lions design at some point that I made like a year or two ago before the TikTok ever picked up steam before I'm sure many of you had ever heard of me or knew about the brand. It's a gas one. It's got Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. It's a fucking heater. I'll wear it around and people will comment on it. So I kind of want to put that one, like re-put it out, an OG design I made. So keep your eyes peeled on the second string. Um, But aside from that, that's all I got. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend. Appreciate the support as always. And we'll talk to you soon.